Four runners, Mike the newbie, Wes and Alan the young bucks, Scott the master, come together to talk about everything running. At different stages of experience, they are brought together by a passion. Some may call it an obsession. Join us while we talk about track stories of battling it out with friendly competition, thoughts on ultra running, our current workouts, along with upcoming races, recaps, training tips, and more. In this final episode of Season 1, we sit down with guest Kyle Simmons and chat about the benefits of marathon training and capitalizing on the foundation that you have built up during your training cycle. We also talk about gearing up for next season after the marathon. Kyle and Alan also talk about their experiences at Boston this year. Jake chimes in with some questions as a beginning marathoner in regards to plans and trying to qualify for Boston. With the conclusion of Season 1, we'll be starting Season 2 with a new host lineup and more guest speakers. There will be the same amount of beers and banter. Stay tuned as Jake, Alan, and Scott gear up for a series of conversations with many intriguing personalities. Yeah, uh, definitely rolled from marathon into the 5K season pretty much every single year almost for the past three or four years. A lot of people focus their efforts on, on a spring marathon or a winter marathon, and, and obviously here in the Northeast, it's always a challenge, but uh, Boston being the preeminent event that most people will look for. So Boston now was uh, just under a month ago. Most folks are gonna be pretty well recovered by now. So if they took the right amount of time. Exactly. So, from your perspective, what is the right amount of time? So, you ran Boston. Yep, I ran Boston. What What do I think or what do I know? Well, what, what, do you, what have I done or what do I know? What I do mean, you do? Yeah, I, I think it's important. I mean, we all know, for the most part, what we should do. The question is, what do we do in reality? Do we all think that we're the, the difference? That we are the one that's unique? That's That's... A very good point because um, with things like Strava there is the um, notion that oh my god I gotta get right back out there and start hitting the miles again two days later three days later because everybody else is still posting this Strava yeah and they're pounding away at it and you're losing ground because you're just resting correct Kyle so from your perspective you had a pretty successful Boston uh, PR, if I understand correctly. Yeah, yeah, seven minutes. And uh, so, you know, coming out of Boston, that's obviously a huge effort, um, a successful effort from the standpoint of a new PR. What what amount of time did you take after Boston? And um, kind of, why don't you give us a recap of the last three weeks as far as your training goes? Yeah, so I uh, finished Boston, um, ended up, I worked the next day, um, so I'm a, a postal carrier, uh, walked about 13 miles or so, I, you know, <laughs> on my feet, had to had to go up and down stairs, had to go up and down hills, uh, because that's what you got to do. I, I worked, uh, worked that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and but didn't run at all. Um, didn't didn't feel compelled to, to run uh, before work um, or I, I guess after work. And then I went to Hawaii for uh, nine days. 
I did bring running clothes with me um, and ended up going on three runs while I was out there. An eight mile run that was actually fairly quick, about seven minute miles, uh, but it felt good um, and was was able to, to know I had a, a beach waiting for me when I finished. Um, and then, yeah, I did, did some hills, but didn't feel, you know, I, I didn't feel too stressed out whatsoever. Didn't feel like I needed to, to get out there. I just had clothes and if I wanted to, I, I, I could. I then took some more time off. I think maybe the next time I ran was when I ran 15 this weekend and then took some more time off and then I ran, uh, ran tonight. Yep. Um, so really haven't gotten back into anything yet. Um, so um, no routine, no routine. No, no routine, and it wasn't so. Uh, um, for me, I always need to have that goal, the thing I'm training for. And up until a couple of days ago, I wasn't sure that I had anything um, coming up. Um, until I was able to more or less determine that I would be able to do Chicago, uh, the, the Chicago Marathon. Um, so now my plan is to, to get back into it, get some base miles again, or you know, keep up my, my miles until uh, some Chicago uh, training goes into, uh, into effect. So I think you said an important thing there, that uh, your motivation, your focus, your resiliency to continue training is based on the next goal. Exactly. And so since you hadn't really established one, coming out of Boston, it was, you know, uh, I go for a run, maybe, you know, maybe not, I feel good, you know, so you, you kind of went by uh, what you felt, yes. not what you needed. Oh, exactly, yep. Now, do you think that the three weeks allowed you to recover both mentally and physically to get to the point where you could pick a goal or was Chicago kind of hanging out there anyway and I, you just hadn't pulled the trigger? I had already registered for Chicago. Okay. It was just that with um, with my work schedule, I wasn't sure I could get the time off. Okay. So it was, I was at a point that I, you know, had had gotten back in, into work and that, uh, that I could ask my supervisor, does this make sense? Can I, you know, do you think I can get some time off? Um, you registered for Chicago before... Before Boston. Well, be not before Boston, but before you took this job, correct? Exactly. Okay, so this is a recent job? Yeah. Oh, okay. How yeah. long have you been uh, a postal carrier? I uh, started in the middle of February. Okay. So just about the time you were peaking your training for Boston. Yeah. Do you think that helped? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. From... From the perspective of just being on your feet or from the perspective of um, the active recovery between workouts and, and long runs and, and this and that? I, I think it was, yeah, being on my feet, knowing no matter how you felt, no matter what it was outside, you had to be out there. Um, you know, I'd, I'd have workouts. I'd go and I'd do eight miles, nine miles, 15 miles in the morning. And then you go and you walk 13 miles during the day, uh, because you know that's what the the training plan says, and then that's your job. Yeah. Um, so I can say that that it you know it it helped uh, incredibly for uh, just overall fitness, um, 
you know, I, I breathed easier uh, when, when I was running. Um, I, I could tell that my, my VDOT was, was increasing much, uh, much quicker than it had in previous uh, trainings. His death cough. Kyle has a death cough. I do. So, a death cough. Yeah, you know when he's about yeah. to catch you. Yeah. <laughs> yep, he has there this, it is. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. He has, <coughs> yep. There you go. When he starts doing that more consistently and more frequently, you can tell that he's hurting. Yeah. And oh, that, okay. I didn't hear that during the marathon. So, really. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So that's the signature. <laughs> so it, it, that's... Uh, that's good to know for those that are going to be competing against Kyle. <laughs> Just listen for the cough, and uh, that'll be the indicator. So, um, I want to I want to stay on that active recovery and and the the full motion, but I'm going to shift it over to Alan because Alan, your job is not necessarily walking 13 miles delivering mail. Not at all on a daily basis. So. So you're going to be much more of a um, sedentary yep. worker. Although I have a stand-up desk, which is nice, but I'm not moving. I'm not getting that active. Yeah, so, so you're not really generating the forward motion or activation of muscles. And, and more importantly is the, the adaption. Yep. If you got to be outdoors for eight hours, nine hours a day, well, you can't. you got to suck it up. And more importantly, your body adapts to that. So from an internal uh, worker perspective, you know, you're working inside, it's, it's a controlled atmosphere, and then going out into the, to the wilds of Maine, yeah. running, uh, do you think you had an advantage or a disadvantage compared to Kyle? Honestly, I felt I had a disadvantage, and uh, Kyle and I had done once I recovered, we had done a couple of workouts together, and he was like, oh, I'm real tired, I'm sore, and I'm like, well, the time that I ran my best Boston, I would get up and do the workouts with Ryan and Dave, and then I'd go to Staples. I worked um, at Staples on the weekends. I'd be on my feet for another eight, nine hours, and then I had my sit-down job. Um, but the fact that I kind of was in that same place. I felt beat down and tired, but then once you go through the taper and you kind of, well, he still had to walk as many, and I guess I did too at Staples, but I felt that it helped. And I was, I was like, don't worry, Kyle, you, you'll come through this. And I, I had a pretty good feeling that he was going to run well this year. Yeah, that's interesting. So, you know, a lot of people that endure the New England weather, you know, during the winter and they're getting ready for Boston and this and that. There's an awful lot of discussion about the disadvantages of being in Maine as you try and get ready for a spring marathon. So from what I'm hearing, there are huge advantages from you two gentlemen in, in regards to living in Maine and dealing with the, the various conditions and challenges, uh, especially as a postal carrier. carrier. You know, you're gonna have to. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna get out there anyway. All right. So, what Boston throws at you? Yeah, you know what? Another day. And that was actually one thing the morning of um, that that I I know that I had said I don't really care what the weather is. I just want to know, like you know, an hour ahead of time, what is it going to be, so I know what to wear. Correct. Um, 
but I knew if it was 65 degrees, I could do it. If it was 25 degrees, I could do it. You know, if it was rain, if it was snow, I could do it. I just want to know so that, you know, that, that I don't have to throw out all these clothes when I, once I bring it to, uh, to Athletes Village. <laughs> That's right. Uh, hmm. Interesting. <clears throat> bring it to someone like Jake, um, who, how long have you been? Well, I guess you've always worked retail, but being on your feet, looking into a training cycle and... Yeah, so I'm <clears throat> my position's management, so it's typically like eight or nine hour shifts, um, with probably about eighty percent of that being on my feet. Um, <clears throat> I notice since I got the watch, I average about ten thousand steps a day at work. A lot of back and forth movement within the department, but um, I feel like after a hard workout the next day, if I do work that it does help with the recovery just walking around as opposed to if I have the next day off from work and I'm not moving as much I tend to be more stiff. So you bring up an interesting point so if you're working today for example and you had yesterday off would it make sense for you to do your hard workout yesterday? Yes. And you think that would be a benefit? Yeah, because then I have, it's not like explosive movements the next day. It's a lot of just walking around and being on my feet, which helps me like loosen back up. Yeah, I think that's important. I think, you know, as people, as everybody comes out of the marathon and then they attack the marathon differently, I think understanding what helps you recover and both physically and mentally. I think it's important to make sure that you're working and if you're working with a coach especially you talk to them about hey this is my work schedule and you know not all of us and none of us in this room that I'm aware of unless you're holding out on us Jake uh, are professional runners so we have to go we have to make some money and uh, you know we're not allowed to get up in the morning at you know 6 30 go for a a 45 to a 60 minute run, you know, go meet with a massage therapist and, you know, uh, work through that, get the uh, dietitian to make our breakfast for us. You know, all of those various things that some of the professional runners and athletes are able to do, we're, we're needing to get up and and be at work at seven or six 30 or five or don't forget our modeling for JC Penny though. And, and, and again, modeling is a strenuous activity. And, um, you know, being the male model that you are, Jake, uh, I think it's important to understand that, you know, the clearance rack still needs to be modeled as well. Um, so, so it's, you know, keeping that physique uh, available to fit into those junior clothing uh, is, is critical to the success of JC Penny for the five and ten dollar racks. Exactly. Uh, but I think having said that, recognizing that we we have a life that we need to fit in recovery to hard work and that scheduling to understand what makes us get better and allows us to get better both mentally and physically is important to fit that in and overcome. So, you know, Kyle, you're gonna, hey, I gotta walk 13 miles, 10 miles, 13, whatever it is the next day. You've gotta plan it accordingly so that either that is the recovery 
or that is the stressor leading into maybe a lesser type of a workout. <clears throat> As we talked tonight, when you guys were doing up the, uh, the time trial, and we finished up the time trial, it's a mile and a half, you know, it's uh, seven and a half to, to nine minutes of work for most people, and it's like, okay, now the workout's done. Well, this was a shock to the group because typically we're, you know, we're in that 15 to 20 minutes of work time uh, during the workout that, okay, when you're only doing seven to 10 minutes, it's like, okay, we, you feel almost cheated. Yeah. But, it, but it's important to realize that the repetitive nature of doing things over and over again can almost get you into a better position from the training standpoint and recovery. So there'll be virtually, there'll be minimal recovery for everybody that did the time trial tonight. Okay? Correct. So that means that 24 to 36 hours, depending on your age, or 96 hours, depending on your age, um, you'll be recovered and you can do another workout. And you know, the walking of 13 miles, the, the stand-up desk, you know, the, the back and forth activity that you'll have uh, at the various jobs, those can help with that active recovery so that 24 to 36 or 48 hours later, you can get back out there and do another short workout. You know, whatever it happens to be in your training cycle. And coming off the marathon, one of the things that you guys are gonna need to focus on is, how do I get the turnover to the point where I can utilize the strength that I created to sustain the speed for a longer period of time. And that's what I feel like today after the time trial is I didn't have that that kick. You know, I could have continued probably a little bit longer, but when Kyle started kicking, it was hard for me to cover that kick. Maybe because he had more recovery. <laughs> well, and it could be. Yeah. It could be because, okay, so let's go back to the Kyle recovery. So you took three weeks hey, I ran like I felt, you know, whatever, I had my stuff, but didn't really worry about it. What was your recovery? Uh, my recovery was... And before you get into that... Yeah, yeah. But you did not run a PR. I did not run a PR. Okay. Um, At Boston. Yeah, I ran something I was kind of okay with. I, I pretty much ran 20 miles with Kyle and ran... Um, Watched him walk away from you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is okay. The hills. You can say that, but, yeah, but again. You, I'm okay with it from the yeah. amount of training that right. I had, and the whole goal was not for Boston to be a PR. Correct. Chicago is the the goal for PRing. So, um, and, and you're registered for Chicago as well? Yeah, so it's Dan, Dave Kirshner, Kyle, Wes, yeah. and John Plummer. And John Plummer. The guy and John, John was, was uh, with us tonight. Correct. So, yeah, the five of us. We are all planning on having a little crew go down there yep to Chicago yep so that so that is the goal um for me just getting out of Boston uninjured was that goal so yeah I ran 20 miles wasn't a PR we ran 26 miles but it wasn't yeah, okay yeah yeah and then so I have a 50 miler Memorial Day weekend at Pineland Farms which is kind of like my immediate goal is to get through that um I don't have a time that I'm looking to achieve there. I signed up on a whim after a podcast, after having a number of beers. <laughs> uh, my recovery was 
um, the next day I walked four miles around Portland, which is somewhat hilly. So a recovery walk and then kept mileage low um, on the weekends. So I didn't have any taper going into Boston. I think the week before I did an 18 miler. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah and then you told me. Yeah, yeah. So I did the 18 miles and then went right into Boston. Um, I think that week I still averaged, you know, with the marathon, I averaged like 56 miles and then continued to build. Um, so this past weekend was my peak. So I went 54, 60, 64 this past weekend. Um, this is a down week, which is, works out well with traveling to go see um, mm -hmm. Wes. And I don't know what the plan is after that, but. And Ryan's uh, setting up your plan again. No, this is Dave Kesterson, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're going to see how Dave brings you into the marathon. Yeah. Any particular reason or just uh, um, testing he, another method? Testing, testing another method. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, I've, I, I think I have a method that I know works for me, which I've done twice. But I also don't want to do the same plan over and over again just because... Just because it's successful or just because it's uh, competitive? Um, no, I could totally do the plan again. So, and I, I think are you that trying? I should be open to options. Okay. What I'm, I'm trying to be open to options. Yes. That there might be. Is it testing too to see if there's something more successful? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I, I worked with Dave Kirshner um, last year and I just had a shitty day but I felt really fit. So as you're listening to this, Jake, and you're thinking about doing a marathon this fall, your base is not nearly what these guys' base has been because you just don't have the running background. What questions would you ask of them as far as the pieces of their various programs that allowed them to be successful? Um, probably a big one would be like progressing my mileage a little bit better and like when to know like when I'm capped out and I should begin to taper back down which I mean is a little bit different because <clears throat> I have a little bit of a weightlifting background so I'm carrying a little bit more weight I feel like like I'm 170 pounds did you steal some weights from the gym is this you know you get some hand weights or something or just because you have extra bulk, you think? Because I have a little bit of extra bulk. Okay. Yeah. And I'm trying to like not cut too much weight because it's something that I worked hard for too. So I want to be like lean, but I want to maintain some of my muscle mass. I think that's a whole different topic. I know. But I <laughs> think it's a topic. topic. I, yeah. yeah. And, and I, I think it's important that we would get into that at some point. So I keep keep that in mind. So yeah. we should make a note because none of us are bright enough to remember this yet. <laughs> um, so we should keep a note uh, that let's talk about that in a future podcast because yeah. I think it's important because too many people have the perception that if you don't look anorexic, you're probably not a very good runner. And it, it probably couldn't be further from the truth. No, I feel like because I'm... I haven't done much distance before, but um, when I was running shorter races, I was having 
times that I was very happy with while maintaining a four to five day lifting routine and maintaining muscle mass. Mm -hmm. But back to the original topic, so like where to peak my mileage, how to progress my my long runs to build that base. Um, I know we talked about it a little bit in previous podcasts, um, like going into Boston in terms of <clears throat> how many miles to run at marathon pace during your long run and how to stagger those out. Do you have, do you have an opinion, Kyle? I like to do as little thinking as possible. So whatever the plan tells me, that's exactly what I do. Uh, you know, I, so un unfortunately, you know, but, it's... But what plan, what difference in Ryan's plans did you feel escalated compared to the web-based plans that you Googled before? Was there certain workouts? Was it the mileage? Was it taper? I think it was was possibly the the mileage um i i can't say that the the, the taper was was you know kind of what, what set me apart you know set set me on that plan um but i think it was just someone saying this is a plan that will work you follow this plan and it will work you know so i was like well let's try it out let's, let's do it you know let's, let's give it a roll I, every other one was yeah that could be a fine plan you know i, I didn't have the, the person that, that said this plan will you know will get you the results you're looking for do you feel it's important to have that interaction with somebody that can reinforce the belief that what you're doing is correct yeah so even if if so if you took a program off the internet and said, okay, this looks pretty good. And if that came with somebody that you could email or text or something to say, hey, this is what my workouts look like. And they just sent back this, oh, fucking amazing. That's great. You're doing well. You know, do you think that would be an important um, supplement? Yeah. To, to just say, <laughs> yeah, keep going. Yeah. You're doing good. Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, I, I could have done the exact same uh, program and someone could have said, uh, no, that, that program sucks, and I've probably been like, well, okay, I, I guess I, I won't be able to do it. <laughs> well, and so, and I think that's an important thing, especially for Jake, you know, and we've kind of migrated away from, from the recovery aspect of the, but I think it's important to understand that the recovery is a function of the foundation laid going into the race. So, both mentally and physically, because you're, you know, physically you're capable of doing it. There's no question. If I laid, I could lay down something on a piece of paper today, and in 12 weeks you you could run a marathon, and physically, you'd be fine. Mentally, it would be making sure that during the course of the 12 weeks, the expectation was realistic to what you were going to achieve. And I think, you know, to your point and Alan, you know, you're disappointed a little bit with what you ran in Boston. Only from the standpoint it is not as fast as you've run previously. Sure. So, yeah. but you also recognize that there was <clears throat> limitations coming into Boston because of injuries and, and various other factors. I think it's important to make sure that not only when you're looking at 
how are you going to approach the marathon and what the time is going to be and what your expectation is, but what is your expectation for recovery? So as you guys are aware, I'm running a marathon on Saturday. Yeah. And I have one expectation and that's it. And I, it's not related to speed other than I've got to cover 26.2 miles and I've got to do it in a time that will allow me to enter Boston. That's my only expectation. I've had some challenges and, and I'm going to get through that. My fitness is better than what I'm going to expect, but I have limitations that are going to say, okay, doesn't make any sense to go any faster because my recovery, if I were to go out and so-called race it, would force me to wait, you know, five, six, seven weeks before I'd actually be able to race again at an effective level without risk of injury. So I think that's important to understand when you're going into the race, what am I looking to achieve and am I going to be disappointed above or below that and what is that spectrum aligned to? That's a good point. So my progression has been um, trying to qualify for Boston, I ran a couple marathons, you know, over three hours. When I finally broke three hours in Cleveland, came back after, um, had a little bit of a leg tightness, quad tightness, went away and then I raced oh, safe, voices. safe Voices. Yep, so I raced Safe Voices. So recovery wise, so yep. you, you did the marathon. Yep. You had a bit of an which issue. Which was in May. Which was, yeah. Yeah. Had a bit of an issue. Correct. Physically. Yep. After. Afterwards, how much recovery time did you really take? I think I probably only took two weeks. At okay. The, maybe a week. Um, okay. Because I raced um, Safe Voices a week later. Yep. <clears throat> or I guess, well, two weeks, whatever. Um, and if I recall correctly, that was when your back was hurting you as well. No, this was even before then. Then so I did... Triple Crown. Triple Crown, yeah. I think I ran a little bit faster. So I was still a new runner. Um, I think Ryan pointed, you know, I, yep. my, uh, as I'm getting further into it, I noticed that times are a little bit more consistent, but not this, the... Um, there's not the progression like it was. Um, didn't take much recovery. Got into... Boston, um, ran that, and then after, um, again, didn't take much recovery. From then on, I found that, yeah, I haven't been taking the recovery needed. Um, and then that's what the I was going to say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it sounds like there's a repetitive theme here that you come out of the marathon, good, bad, or indifferent, and then you dive right back into it. Yeah. Six to ten days later. And if you go by the the uh, rule of thumb, I'll call it, which is, you know, a day of recovery for every mile that you race, you're cutting that short just a bit. Yeah, I don't think I've ever followed that rule. And, and uh, quite honestly, a lot of people don't. And a lot of people justify that because of the way, well, I only... I had to, I really struggled and I really slowed down the last four miles. Okay, it's still twenty six miles. Mm -hmm. You still raced twenty miles. 
or ran hard for 22. So regardless of how well you finished, the recovery is still going to be required. And I think that's why it's important to understand what each of us need as a recovery to meet our physical needs as well as our psychological needs. So I think that, that Kyle's recovery to me was almost ideal mm -hmm. because it was like, okay, I'm done. I've got whenever I decide to get back after it, I'm going to take my stuff on vacation. I've got to walk every day anyway. So he was automatically moving into recovery mode. Yeah. He ran a couple of times, no big deal, you know, went to vacation. So I, I, I think that's important to understand so that <clears throat> when you start the next cycle, whether it's for the next marathon buildup or for the summer of 5K, 10K racing, that if you haven't given the body a chance to physically recoup restore the, the uh, necessary functions and repair the necessary dam the, the damage that was created by the stress, you're only going to open the door for opportunity for further injury. So I have a question for you, Scott. You said you have one goal of mm -hmm. qualifying for Boston. So what does your race plan look like? So Because you said you have that one goal so that but you never told us no what that is and i no i didn't tell you what it was yeah um so given age uh, <clears throat> my qualifying standard um would probably be considered well within my means um so for me to qualify my training pace is faster than my qualifying pace so because of that I should be able to go out and just do an easy run, kind of cruise through it, and get a qualifying time to allow me to enter Boston. And that's my objective. Mm -hmm. So if I can run that qualifying time, then what it will allow me to do is to focus the next um, two to three months on speed, turnover, all of the things that you know I haven't necessarily been able to do over the last couple of years and then go into another build-up plan for a marathon uh, to race a marathon in the fall once I've been accepted into Boston and then I can improve my time right <clears throat> do you have any 5k's or 10k's beach to beacon or anything on yeah that I'm, I'm in beach to beacon and uh, you know I'll I'll do a number of 5Ks. I'm running Loon Mountain. Um, so Where's I mean, that one? That's in uh, New Hampshire. So that's it's a trail? A, it's a trail mountain race. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm going to race and run what I feel like it. Um, my focus, as it always has been, is on the training. I enjoy the training much more so than the racing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm all about the journey. You know, it's it's about, hey, what can I do? What did I do last week compared to this week? All right, did I come down? Did I go up? Um, you know, my training cycle over the past uh, 16 to, to 20 weeks has been great. And I think that 
as I move into the summer with the warmer weather, I mean, I'm going to utilize some of the, the uh, opportunities to do what I've encourage you guys to do which is hey two five times you know in two weeks five workouts in two weeks but the volume is not going to be what i did when i was you know 25 30 35 and 40. the volume is going to be much lower but it's going to be more repetitive um my recovery is going to be active recovery I'm not going to be delivering so mail. Have, that was my next question. You is know what you're. Yeah, I'm not going to deliver mail uh, like Kyle. But what I am going to do is get on my lift to go, and yeah. I'm going to get out there and do that, and continue to do the weightlifting. I'm not going to bulk up like Jake has, because um, I'm not a male model for J.C. Penny. <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm going to continue to do that strength work and and some of the things that I know I need to do to sustain the balance, so that. When the time comes, I can utilize uh, what I need to fitness-wise mm -hmm. to get to where I want to be. It's a lot easier in the summer, and all those extra things. See, you know? and I, I don't know that I think I agree. Yeah, really. I, you know, I think it's, I think it's easier <laughs> if you determine that that's what you want to do. Yeah, I, I don't think you know, Kyle was out there, and it, he didn't have a choice. Right. Rain, snow, sleet, or hail. But I think if he looks back on that, he'll probably say, you know what? It is what it is. Yeah, it's a mindset. I notice when I have that goal, I can focus regardless of what season it is. Yeah. Um, typically, I've been my most fit during the winter because that's when I've been doing my marathon training. Um, you know, on a rare occasion, I'd have end of summer fitness right uh, which leads into that fall training but it's just a continuation of that yeah and i think it's important to understand that that everybody has their own triggers everybody has their own method of motivation and their own process of motivation and i think that recognizing that sooner rather than later will help every will help you get to where you want to be i don't know that you know what Kyle does for recovery is going to work for me because mm -hmm. I know mentally what I what I can and can't deal with. You're still, you know, Jake. You're still learning. You know what works for you. You know what do I need? What do I not need? You know where is my my security blanket, so to speak? Yeah, because I just feel like I'm at the point where I've established a decent base. Yeah. Yeah. Kind so, of. Kind of. It's still a little inconsistent, like with peaks and stuff, but I feel like I have a mileage range each week that I'm trying to target. And then like every fourth week, I kind of do a little bit of a overload yeah. where I peak. Yeah. So very similar to, to weight training. Yeah. Resistance training. So it's, and it, and it really does come down to that. I mean, most people that are doing some sort of physical activity, understand the concepts yeah. they know what the cycles are they it's just a matter of what do i plug in to make this cycle work right what i'm worried about with jake is i see a lot of uh myself in him where he just likes to run with people and he's going to get injured like for instance sunday he raced the 15k and then saturday 
Oh, Saturday. Yeah, yeah that's right. right. Saturday, race the 15K, and then, oh, you guys are going to run on the trails later, so I'll do another 10 miles, and I think his previous, you know, highest mileage was For the year 16. was 16. <laughs> yeah. So he just, you know, doubled, you know, with high intensity, and then going, I mean, trails we ran pretty slow, but even still. And, and then, and, yeah. yeah. And then the next day follows it up with a 11 mile run with people. Because you like running. running with people. You like yeah. that social and, aspect. And, and I, I was well rested. I hadn't done any of the stuff from the, the day before. So <laughs> I was easily doing 645. So, and so, yeah. he I was, was not. Like, I was five feet behind them. And my goal was to just hang with them, which I did for which, about eight, eight and a half miles. And then I'm like, Okay, you guys just go. I yeah. need to slow down I, I a little go. bit. I, I, <laughs> I hope my Uber app works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. But I had to say, no, I can't join you guys. I feel pretty beat up from Saturday. Um, I can only do you know, my own pace, mm-hmm. and I don't need any external influences to do it. So I let them do their own run. I did my own run. I had to run 830s um, yeah. and just got through it, but I was able to do the workout today so. so let me ask you this though how do you feel today jake i did not feel bad today yesterday um i felt pretty fatigued um fatigued or sore a little of each so when you feel fatigued like that what is your reaction what do you do so um typically i'll try to do like a very short run, like one and a half to two and a half miles at a, a slow pace, and then um, do weights for like 35 to 45 minutes after that very short run. So elliptical or uh, anything along that lines, walking, you know? I've done the bike before. The bike? Yeah, so. the bike, and then I'll do that for, you know, 15, 20 minutes, and then um, I've cut my strength training back as opposed to like five, six days a week, which I was doing before I got back into running. I'm just doing like three days a week mm-hmm. now as like a, to mix up the routine and, you know, try to maintain like I had. Maintain the strength. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You asked him what he would do. Ask him what he did do. Yeah. So uh, I got a text from Alan <laughs> and uh, he said, we're going to do about five. And he's like, are you in? And I'm like, well, so it sounds, like you have, sounds like you have a choice problem. You're not making good choices. Yeah, I'm not making good choices. But again, I think this is important because running is not about the races. If running is about the races, then we're all screwed. Because we all suck. Mm. And we really yeah, do. Right. Okay. And and that's not to say that, you know, the times that you're running Kyle and, and Alan and that's not to say that those times aren't valuable, but when you look at the big picture, you know, we're not there. Yeah. We're not elite. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're not making money at this. So what we need to do is find out how does this recreation fit into our lifestyle and more importantly how do we get the appropriate psychological feedback from what we do 
to make us feel good about our running activities and our achievements. Now, a lot of people would look at your running calendar and history and say, oh my God, he's bipolar. <laughs> You're probably right because I can't make up my mind. And that's exactly right. And it definitely helps though now that I'm back up in this area close to everyone as opposed to 40 minutes away because with me it is part of that social aspect and it's hard to stick with it when when someone says, hey, do you want to run? Can you be here at this time? And I'm like, no, because I have a 45-minute drive to where you want to meet. And, and that's exactly right. So, And I think that's an important factor because, look, running is a convenient sport. You put on your pair of shoes, you can walk out the door. If you choose to, you can get in the car, you can ride 15 minutes to a half an hour, whatever you decide to, to go to your favorite running spot or to meet and socialize with other runners. And I think that's important because the race is just, you know, something to do. It's the journey getting to the race. It's the journey of Monday through Sunday. What is my running activity? What is my, what is my physical activity? And does that create the appropriate reinforcement for me to look forward to doing it again? Because I have done a lot of training before by myself in 2017 mm -hmm. when I did the Triple Crown Series. And... <clears throat> Um, I also had personal things come up, which is kind of why I let the running fall off. But at the same time, I was far away and running by myself all the time kind of got old. So you're a social runner, which is great. It really is. Mm. But you need to recognize that so that the sustainability of your running is long term, you know. You're not going to be able to move to the willy wax and be able to, to sustain a running career. Exactly. Because you're going to get bored. It's, it's not going to be, you don't have your, your desire, your need, your objective of running is much more socially driven than it is intrinsically driven. Okay. Your reward is, I got to run with my friends. Like, I have personal goals, too, but that's a big one on the list is, yeah, you know, hanging out with friends. Same thing, yeah. and that's yeah. what I said. I see a lot of myself in you, where yeah. it's like, yeah. so as the weather got, so talk about recovery. Yeah, I know I should take a week and a half, two weeks of recovery after the marathon, but weather's starting to get nicer. You have friends inviting you out for runs. Oh, sure, what does it... Yep. Matter if I go out and run with my friends. Yeah, they say it's going to be easy pace, and then <laughs> yeah. they're throwing in seven-minute miles. Or, oh, then yeah, wait, Ryan Smith. Or, <laughs> exactly. Or, or Ryan <laughs> it's, 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 it's about the choices, and, you know, none of us are going to make great choices. Let's face it. <laughs> right. I think, though, as you go through more cycles, um, I, I would like to think that I'm getting a little bit more privy to what I should and should not do, where... Well, I made the call not to run with my friends on Sunday because I knew it was it was going to be faster. You're going to get talking, and and everything accelerates. So I think that's important too. That once you get comfortable with a group, so Jake, Kyle, you know, you guys are going to get comfortable with running each other. You you know, you're going to recognize you know 
who did what. More importantly, I think it's important for the group to look out for each other. Yeah. You know, if you've created this social clique, this running clique that has six, eight, 10, 12 members in it, and you know that somebody just came off of a long run or a long race or an effort or something like that, sometimes it's best to say, hey, why don't you just do the first five with us and then peel off? Mm -hmm. You know, I and I think this is some of the social interaction that sometimes get missed because we all do like it. That's why we're doing it. And we like the social interaction, so we want people to stay with it. And I think sometimes, though, we need a governor. I know I did. It's important for that group, that clique, that gang, to make sure that they say to someone that should be recovering, hey, why don't you just do the first five with us? I know you want to do, but it might be best if you just did this. Um, it allows those groups to sustain themselves for a much longer period of time. Good. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Yeah, what do you have, Kyle? Uh, I started off with a 26.2 um, in honor of Boston, and then I switched to water. I also had one of the 26.2s. And I went with the uh, Shipyard Summer Ale as I continue to force my will upon the weather to change. <laughs> so that it can be slightly warmer. I did get a shirtless run-in on Sunday, towards the end of the run, so that was kind of nice in the 60s. Yeah, 60s. Um, you had summer in Maine. Yeah, <laughs> um, so I started off with a um, Sam Adams porch rocker and then finished with the 26.2 in honor of Kyle's PR. And well done, Kyle. So. Yeah. Very proud of him. Well, there you have it. That was our most recent podcast. Hope you enjoyed and thanks for listening. We have many more topics in the pipeline, so be sure to subscribe to get our latest tale from the long run. Please feel free to comment and let us know your thoughts. In the next episode, we'll talk with Jake Norris about his upcoming marathon, Bay of Bundy. We talk about his training cycle, his preparation going into the marathon, and his thought process having been only his second marathon. Jake, we wish you the best.